You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Tonight, uh, I'm going to continue our legacy series. Pastor Tim launched it last week, uh, and we're going to be doing it for a few months, and we're also doing it at our 5 p.m. service. And so I want to get straight into the word tonight. Is that all good? Yeah, you guys can talk to me. It's all right. Joshua 4 verses 1 to 7 is our foundational scripture, and it says this. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you'll camp tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan, in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for the amazing things you have done in and through each of our lives. And God, I pray we would continue to walk into legacy each and every day. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here right now. We ask that you'd bring us revelation and transformation through your word. And God, we have come here to encounter you. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. 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 I want to talk, the title of my message tonight is Walking into Legacy. Walking into legacy. And the Israelites in this verse, they are walking towards the promised land. Everything that they hoped for, everything that uh, God had promised them, they were walking into the promised land. And ultimately, they were walking into their legacy. And we see in the previous chapter, just before what we read, God gave instructions to Joshua on how they were going to cross through the Jordan. And it says in Joshua 3.8, Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. The first thing that is required when you're walking into legacy is faith. Is faith. Dina and I, we love making crepes. Or mainly we love eating them. uh, But we love crepes nonetheless. And when I'm cooking something... I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to it. So I need a recipe. I need to follow the recipe exactly, like measurements and all. Like I'm Googling milliliters to grams. Like how does this like translate? And I'm making sure it's exact. And the first time that we made crepes, we had a great recipe. We found one and we used it and they were delicious. And we enjoyed it and we loved it. The next time that we went to make crepes, We couldn't find or we couldn't remember the recipe that we used. And so this is when I started to panic, right? Because I'm thinking, what if it's not going to be the same? What if they taste bad? What if they're not good, right? We, We can't find this recipe. We need to find this recipe so we can have some good crepes again. And then Dina said something crazy, like insane. She said, what if we use a different recipe? I, I was blown away. I had to step back and, and just take some time to calm down because I was thinking, that's crazy. 
What are you talking about? You know, if we use a different recipe, what if it doesn't work? I know that the old recipe works. I know that that worked. Why can't I do it that way? Why can't we just remember or we find that one? What if it doesn't work? But I calmed down and I realized that I had faith in Dina, right? I had faith in Dina. And she said that if we do it this way, it'll work. And so we did it that way. And it worked. And we had some great crepes and we enjoyed them. And it was just as delicious as the first recipe, right? Joshua knew all that Moses had to do when he came to the Red Sea. Joshua knew that previously when Moses separated the Red Sea, he came and he just lifted his staff. He just put his hand out. That's all he did and the waters parted. And Joshua knew this. So maybe he was thinking, why can't I just do that, God? That seems so much easier, right? Like if I could just do that, that's so much easier rather than getting the priests to come with the Ark of the Covenant, getting them to step into the water. Like they're not even just before the water, they're into the water, right? He's like, why can't I just do that? But Joshua... I believe Joshua had faith in God, right? Joshua had faith in God, and so therefore he had faith that God would perform the miracle. And, and just a little side note, we don't actually have to have faith in the miracle itself. We have to have faith in the miracle worker. Right? When you're, when you're praying and believing for healing, you're not having faith in the result, You don't have faith in the result, but you have faith in God, who's a God of healing, in God, who's a God of a miracle working. That's why sometimes when when we're believing for a healing and it doesn't happen, it shakes us because we were having faith in the result. But we need to have faith in the God who is a good God, who is a miracle working God, who is a healing God. And so that never changes. And so if we have faith in that unchanging That's how we can stay secure in that, knowing that God is good. And the priests too, they had to have faith to walk into the water, right? And it says in in this chapter, it talks about how the Jordan River was like overflowing its banks. Like this wasn't some little... Uh, stream, right? This was a big river. It was flowing. It was a flowing river. So they had to take that step of faith into the waters, into the raging waters, right, to see God move, to see the miracle happen. And the Israelites, they had to have faith that even though they never experienced this, right, this is a new generation from the generation of Moses. This is a new generation passing into the promised land. They hadn't experienced it. They've only ever heard about it, so they had to have faith that God had done it before and he can do it again. They had to have faith in that. We need faith in our lives for the things that God has called us to. We need faith in our lives to see our legacy worked out, right? And maybe it looks different than you know or you've heard about. You know, we we sung that song, God doing new thing. God does, God's a God of the new things. He, he does things differently sometimes. Sometimes there's this same result, but a different method, right? God will use a different method to see this same result outworked, right? So we don't have to, that's why I, I don't personally believe in formulas for things or certain rituals for things, right? Because God will use 
any method that he instructs to see the result outworked. And so we can't just be relying on I, what's happening over here, right? This, this is what we used to do. Why can't we just do that again? No, if God speaks to you, then just listen and obey and do that and follow that out and have faith in that. And maybe you have to take the step of faith first into the raging waters. Maybe right now in your life, you're standing at the edge of the river and you're stretching out your hand and you're saying, what, God, why aren't you moving? God, where's the miracle? I can't see it. It's not happening. But God, maybe God has actually instructed you to take a step of faith first, to step into the waters first, to step into the unknown first and have faith that God will come through. And maybe you're walking through and there's walls of water around you. You feel like there's walls around you and they seem like they're going to fall at any time. But you need to have faith that it's not you holding up those walls. It's God holding up those walls. And he's done it before and he'll do it again, right? That he is with you, he is walking with you, and he'll always be with you. And so we need to have faith when we're walking into legacy. The next thing required when walking into legacy is focus. On Friday night, uh, we had our Centro Youth Term 3 launch. Come on, guys. I'll do it again. Here we go. Youth leaders, you better be ready this time. On Friday night, we had our Centro Youth Term 3 launch. It was right. It was awesome. It was a great time. And, and during the hang time, we had uh, a 3v3 basketball competition. Uh, and there was a team of two that needed an extra player, so I joined them. I was like, yeah, no worries. Uh, I'll join you guys. And uh, it was intense, right? This is tournament style, elimination, right? No second chances, do or die. Had to win to, to move forward, right? So we went into our first game, we were ready, we were focused, we wanted to win, and we won our first game. And so we're like, okay, great, let's move on to the the next game, and another team played, and then we came in, and we played our second game, and it was close, it was a tough game, but we went through, we won, we held on, and then the grand final came, right? We were versing the other undefeated team, right? It was this 3v3, we were ready to go, And it was first to seven, right? That was the score we had to get. And we were down. It was five to four. The other team only needed two points. That's all they needed, which they could get at any point. That's all they needed to to win the game and we wouldn't win. But I knew, I knew all we needed was a three-pointer to win, right? So I called a timeout, brought my team over. I was like, all right, guys, this is serious stuff right now. This is like, this is serious stuff. It's on the line. We need a three-point to win. One point, like two-pointers don't matter, right? We need a three-pointer to win. That's all we need. So what's going to happen? We've got to dribble up. You're going to pass me the ball. And I'm going I'm to make that shot. I'm going I'm to attempt to make that shot. And they're like, okay, game plan. Let's go. We get out there, and it was tough, right? We were battling back and forth, right? There was... The other team had the opportunity to score, but we weren't going to let it happen, right? We were hustling, we were getting in their face. It wasn't going to happen. We got the ball back, we dribbled it up, they passed back to me, and everything goes slow motion. <laughs> I pop it up and I shoot the ball, and it's flying in the air, all the eyes following it as it goes. 
hits the backboard and swish into the goal and we won! Come on! We won! Now what I didn't tell you uh, is that it's like a tiny little court that we drew with crayon uh, and so like the half court shot wasn't really that far away at all. Um, but the truth is my team and I, we needed focus to win that game. If we weren't focused and maybe, you know, uh, just kind of wandered around, started talking to other people, or maybe, you know, we got distracted and we started playing soccer or something like that, we would have lost because the other team would have just scored easily. We, we weren't defending them, right? Yeah. And so it required focus to actually win. The Israelites were focused on getting to the promised land. That's where they were going. They had a clear vision of where they were going, right? They didn't allow distraction or other options to sway them, like, oh, maybe we go around or maybe we go to this place instead. Why do we have to go there? No, they had a sole focus on the promise that God had given them. And so our focus, I believe that our focus should be to know God intimately, to love God deeply, and obey God faithfully. I'll say it again. Our focus should be to know God intimately, love God deeply, and obey God faithfully. What does that look like? Well, to know someone intimately, you spend time with them and you communicate with them. It's as simple as that. We need to be in our, reading our Bible daily. Spending time in his presence daily, praying, praise and worshipping. We need to be fasting and seeking after God. To know him intimately, we need to have a hunger and desire to be in his presence, to encounter him. And when you know God more, naturally you love God more. Because you know his goodness. You know about who he is. You know about the promises he gives us, the blessings that he pours out on us. And so we can't help but love God more. But love isn't just a feeling, right? It's an action. And so that leads us to obey God faithfully. Obey what's written in his word, his teachings, to, to go and make disciples, right? To be good stewards of our money, to do all of these kind of things, to be obedient when the Holy Spirit gives you a nudge, right? That's what it leads to. That's what loving God leads to, to being obedient. So what is your focus right now? What is your focus currently in your life? Are you thinking, how am I, is your focus, how am I going to pay the bills this week? Can I suggest instead it might be, I know my God. I know he's a good God. I know he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Right? And I thank you, God, that you will provide for me. I love you, God. Right? And God, I'm not just being stupid with my money and throwing it around here and there, but I'm being obedient in stewarding my money well with godly wisdom. That should be our focus. That should be our response to situations. So maybe you need to shift your focus. You need to shift it so that you are leaving a legacy of God's goodness in your life. What are your children seeing? What are your friends seeing around you? Are they seeing you complain about circumstances and situations and things going on? Or are they seeing you lift up the name of God saying, I know who my God is. I know his goodness and I love him and I thank him and I'm obedient to him. We require focus. 
The last thing that we require as the band can join me when walking into legacy is this. Forward thinking. Forward thinking. If while I'm driving, I'm only looking in my rearview mirror, I won't be driving for very long, right? I'm gonna crash and burn, right? I need to look forward to see what's ahead of me, what's on the road, the obstacles, the direction I'm turning, all of these kind of things. And, and even more than that, I actually need to plan out my journey in order to get to my destination. I can't just wildly drive around, oh, left here, right here. Like, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to get to where I need to go. Joshua 5.9, the next chapter says this, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that place has been called Gilgal to this day. Gilgal is actually the place where they built the memorial where they got the stones and they built the memorial to remember what God had done, the miracle that he had done through the Jordan River. And so when the children would ask about that memorial, that's what the Israelites would speak into. But right there, God said that your shame of slavery in Egypt has been rolled away. And so the Israelites saw themselves differently after that moment. And the legacy journey actually first starts with you. And it first starts with how you see yourself and what you think about yourself. So how do you see yourself? Do you look back and think on past mistakes, circumstances or events that happen and you allow those things to define who you are? to give you your identity, to affect not only your past, but your present and your future too? Are you allowing that to happen by the things that you're thinking about? Or do you know who your God says you are and what He has called you to and you think on those things? Right, do you know that God loves you so deeply that He's got a plan and a purpose for your life? And it's a plan for good and not for evil. And do you allow that, knowing that you, your identity is found in Christ, do you allow that to determine your plan for the future? To determine the journey that you're planning out for your legacy? And in order to leave a legacy in your life, you need to intentionally think about the things that you are doing. It's so important to be conscious of what you're doing. You can't just do things. You have to be thinking about it and your mind and your thoughts are so important. You need to protect your mind. You need to guard it. You need to renew your mind. You need to grow your mind and grow in the knowledge of who God is because that will determine your future thinking, right? Your forward thinking. So we need to actually step out in faith and trust that God will come through. We need to have a clear focus in our life to know God, to love God and to obey God. And we need to be forward thinking. 
planning our journey so we can leave a legacy. And let me tell you, it wasn't just Joshua that walked across the Jordan. It wasn't just the priests and the Ark of the Covenant that walked across the Jordan. All the Israelites were walking into legacy in the journey to the promised land. Church, can I say we're all in this together? I believe that you have your own legacy, absolutely. We have a legacy as a church as well. And and even more so, we have a legacy as part of the body of Christ. And so what legacy are you leaving? What legacy are we leaving? Are we having faith? Do we have our focus on what's actually the main thing, actually important in life? Or are we filling our life with junk that doesn't matter? And are we forward thinking? Are we planning? And is that planning based on your identity in Christ? Knowing the good things that He has got for you. Thank you for listening to this podcast.